The following is a hoop ball presentation. What up? What up? What up, hoop ballers? And welcome back to another edition of Hoop Balls DFS today. This is your Friday, October 22nd edition. I am your host, Santino Cocone, and I am joined by the one, the only Dave Menkoff. We missed him the other night. He was just getting back from his honeymoon in the great state of Hawaii. Uh, glad to be back. I'm sure he enjoyed himself. Uh, Dave, how are you doing today? Doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, really excited to be back and back rested after a long, nice little <laughs> honeymoon. The weather was perfect. Can't complain. Excited to jump on and, and talk some NBA hoops with you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then it must be uh, the, the, the weather on the East Coast isn't too bad itself, but it can't be anything compared to what you saw. Absolutely. Absolutely. The weather was ideal. Although you're right. The weather here has been unseasonably warm, which we can't complain about. <laughs> no, you cannot at all. It's, it's been pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, but we got a, we got a 10 game slate, man, for your return. Uh, I don't think we were saying it before we went on. I don't think we've done a show together in a while. We were doing it and then um, we switched people, switched days, whatever the case was, but we haven't done a show in a while, but we have a 10 gamer for the reun- reunion tour over here. How are you feeling about that? I feel great. I feel like a 10 gamer is the perfect primer for for the big reunion. So hopefully the <laughs> listeners will, will enjoy our, our our conversation tonight. Hey, and uh, yeah, we also mentioned right before we went on, we're doing this one around 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so we saw we're seeing two blowouts right now. Uh, we one game finished on this Thursday night, and the other game, the the Heat. Oh my gosh, that first quarter was just insane, and then it just kept going on. Uh, so hopefully we have some closer games out of these 10 than we had on Thursday night with the six. Uh, without further ado, man, let's get right into it. We will break down the first game on the slate. Uh, and there is something that uh, I'll point out. Dave pointed out to, to it before we were on the show also. If you're looking at the slate, you, can, you can't see the previous game. Uh, every team should have at least one game pretty much. Um, you, you can't see it. So you're not seeing the stats. You're not seeing how many fantasy points they have, how many DK points, et cetera. Uh, none of the match, nothing has populated as of yet. So uh, there's two ways to look at it. If you have done the research and you're looking around, you already know where to go. If you're just throwing it in there and, and not really paying attention, you're not going to know who did what in the first game. So uh, be prepared for this one. But anyway, we have in this first game of the night, we have the Chicago. Well, I must say Chicago. We, I did say Chicago. We have, we have the Charlotte Hornets at the Cleveland Cav- Cavaliers. We don't have a spread for the – oh, no, we do. Uh, we only have two spreads as of right now. Uh, the Hornets are two-and-a-half-point road hits, and we don't have a total for it. On the injury report, we have Terry Rozier. He missed game one. Uh, he is also questionable for this one with a left ankle sprain. We have Darius Garland questionable with a left ankle sprain himself. Uh, Dean Wade probable, and Dylan Windler out. Dave, I'll start off with you, and we'll start with the the Hornets over here. Not the Bulls, guys. The Hornets. There's a lot of C's over here. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> confused. <laughs> we'll start with the Hornets. Yeah. Uh, where are you looking at? And we see LaMelo getting at that 77 after that monster opening night. Uh, but how do you like this, this Hornet squad? 
Yeah, I have to say, since you know, I was a big Lamelo fan heading through the season, and I was I, I put a lot of shares into Lamelo in the first game where he was priced in the low seven thousand. So I think Lamelo Ball, um, just I'm, I'm calling it right now on this first game that Lamelo Ball um, might have one of the highest ceilings um, at his price tag, seven seven hundred. I think that is a that is a very generous price for Lamelo Ball. So I'm gonna have a lot Ooh. of interest. In Lamella Game Ball. one, player Game one. one. <laughs> da- Davis, not holding back any punches here. Game one, first player, first team. He is ready to go. I like it. I Listen, like it. I can't help myself. I mean, it's, it's just too easy at this point, um, especially if Terry Rogier ends up uh, sitting out in this one again. Uh, I think Lamella Ball is going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to yeah. be playmaking, scoring, doing literally everything for the Charlotte Hornets. So, Lamella Ball, um, no surprise, is my favorite play on the Hornets. Um, I do have some little little bit of interest also in Kelly Oubre, 5,500. Um, another guy that might be going under the radar a little bit in his new uniform on the Charlotte side. But again, if Terry Rozier is out, there's going to be plenty more shot attempts and playmaking uh, available. And Kelly Oubre at 5,500, I think, is, is a solid uh, mid-tier play, that's going to be very low-owned, I imagine, too, on this slate. So something to keep in mind as well. Uh, and that's pretty much it um, as far as the backcourt. In the front court. I'm looking at one name, one name only, really. It's Miles Bridges, 6,800. Um, again, a guy that's really coming into his own um, on the Charlotte side. So I, I like him, too, uh, coming off a pretty solid game. I think he definitely has a double-double potential as well. Um, and price under 7,000. There's a ton of guys on this slate we're going to talk about in that mid-tier range, but I do like Miles Bridges a little bit. So LaMelo Ball number one, followed by Ubre and Miles Bridges. What about for you? Yeah, and I'm fairly close with you. I, I think LaMelo, I really like him. I, I think 77 is still, there's still some meat left on the bone, especially what he did in the first game. I can't imagine him shooting lights out like that every game, especially from three, uh, but he can pick up his assists. He, you know, he can rebound very well, very, very well for a guard. Uh, I've been hearing it a lot, and it's fairly accurate. It, it, like he's a Jason kid with a little better of a jumper at this stage in his career, and that's saying something. Uh, so, 7,700, I am in on that as well. Uh, Kelly Oubre, you mentioned him. He played 35 minutes in that game without Terry Rozier. Uh, I can expect another. If Rozier misses, I do like him as well. He was probably my second favorite guy on this team to play. Uh, if you're going to get 30 minutes, again, this is dependent on Rozier. I think Rozier is going to eat into his minutes, but eat into Bridges' minutes, more P.J. Washington, et cetera, um, if he plays. But if I can get 30 minutes at 5'5", five, five, I, I like that. I like that. Um, and his game is very translates very well into the fantasy fantasy game when it's on. Uh, and then you're going, you know you're going against Cleveland, who is really not good. Uh, we, we already know that. And they're playing absolutely just three seven-footers. So if... Kelly Oubre has the athleticism advantage against a Laurie Markkinen or uh, even an Evan Mobley or whoever they want to play that seven feet at small forward power forward like they're doing. Uh, so I like that advantage there. And that's a pretty solid matchup um, or price tag. And I like Gordon Hayward at 7K. If there's no Rozier, you know more, more ball handling is going to go to him. You know more shot attempts are going to go to him because Rozier's not too shy of a person to shoot. Um, and Gordon Hayward quietly scored a lot of points in the last one too. Uh, he scored <clears throat> he scored uh, 27 points with five rebounds, three assists. He usually gets four or five assists, a couple more. Uh, so I, I still like him there. And he played 35 minutes as well. So those are the three guys. I'm 
same boat as you. I think uh, I like Lamelo, Ubre, and then I'd like just Gordon Hayward for 200 more than Bridges, just because I know uh, he's there. If Rozier plays, I'll probably just lean more towards Lamelo Ball than everybody else, uh, and then. But uh, if he doesn't, I think those two guys are also in my player pool. <clears throat> All right, man. Let's jump on over to the Cavs side of the ball. And uh, we have Darius Garland, who is questionable. So I'm not sure how I like this. But for me, I, Evan Mobley, I like him. I think he's a good player. I like his game. I don't really want to pay 6-9 for him at, at, in game two, though. Um, but I do want to pay for Jared Allen, 6-6. If he, I, I don't think he's going to score 25 points, but he should grab more rebounds than he did in that last game. Uh, that's just he, he's usually a double-digit rebound type of guy. Uh, blocks a couple shots. I think six six is very good. He's going to be going against Mason Plumley and PJ Washington. I think the matchup is there for him, and I don't think six six is expensive. He's usually a guy who's mid sevens um, when he's when he's getting into a rhythm. And Ricky Rubio, those are the two guys that I'm looking at. Ricky Rubio had himself quietly an awesome awesome debut on this team. And then now Darius Garland is questionable uh, at only 5'3". Uh, this is more dependent on Darius Garland and waiting on that news. But if Darius Garland doesn't play, Ricky Rubio at 5'3 becomes a guy that I want to just love on this. You know he's a pass-first uh, guard. Callan Sexton is not. Even when Garland plays, he's not a pass-first guard. Anyway, so Rubio has that over both of them. Uh, but he's going to see 35 minutes or so if Garland doesn't play. He might see 27 if Garland does play, but I'm hoping Garland doesn't because that is a just fantastic price tag. Uh, so I'm looking at Ricky Rubio heavy in this. Outside of those two, I'm I'm really just leaving the, the Cavs alone and seeing how they really mesh with these Giants all on the floor at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be an interesting one on the Cavs side. You definitely nailed it with the with the plethora of big men that they do have. I mean, right now, I'm kind of in alignment. We have to really look at what happens with Darius Garland. If Darius Garland doesn't play, I can see some interest in Colin Sex, 3,500. Certainly a guy that might be my player pool if we get the confirmation on Garland being out. Um, I think he does have the opportunity to, to, to light up the scoreboard against the Hornets. Um, I just, I don't know how much I trust him. You mentioned his playmaking isn't up to par in, in the same realm of, as Darius Garland. He's more of a score first guard. Um, so I do like the Ricky Rubio coffee 300. Uh, definitely a guy that is going to be very much low owned, especially if we don't get the news on Garland uh, early enough. And it is one of the first games. It is the first game on the slate. So that's something to keep in mind as well when we're kind of building out our lineups to, to really make sure that we prepare for that. Um, the only other guy that I'm really looking at, you mentioned Jared Allen. I love Jared Allen, 6600. Um, that's a fantastic price tag um, and a guy that definitely has double-double potential night in and night out. Uh, despite the crowded front court, um, they definitely still want to play Jared Allen, and I think he's going to put up some nice numbers against the Hornets. Um, Evan Mobley, I loved him uh, in the first game, uh, but he's priced about 2000 more now. Um, so that pretty much takes him out of my player pool consideration right away. Um, the only other guy I'm looking at actually in the Cavs, uh, a guy that was traded and is kind of the forgotten man, uh, and that's Lauren Markkinen, 5200. It's only slightly above that 4K range as far as price tag is concerned. He almost double-doubled in, in the last game, uh, despite some poor shooting, um, coming off a game where he shot 4 of 14. He still put up 10-9. Uh, with two assists and a steal in 31 minutes. So if you can get 31 minutes, uh, a guy that doesn't have to necessarily shoot well 
to put out fantasy points, I like Laurie Markkinen in that low owned kind of GPP kind of way um, as well on the cap side. But but to your point, that's pretty much it. Um, it's definitely going to be Jared Allen number one, followed by Laurie Markkinen, and then Ricky Rubio if Darius Garland is confirmed out. Right, man. I like it. And we'll jump on over to the second game. We have another game at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have three overall. Uh, that is the Indiana Pacers, who lost a heartbreaker uh, with a 24-0 run last game against a or oh, they gave up a 24-0 run uh, to the Hornets. But they're traveling to Washington, playing, taking on the Wizards. And we do have all. I just had to refresh the, the spreads, but we do have pretty much all of them um, out there. But this spread is the Pacers are. Two-point road dogs, and the over/under is 230. On the injury report, we have Tory Craig, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, all is questionable. Karis Levert, Keelan Martin, T.J. Warren, all out for the Pacers and the Wizards. We have Bradley Beal, Anthony Gill, questionable. Thomas Bryant, Ruby Hachimura, and Cassius Winsley, uh, Winston as out. We'll jump on to the Pacers, man. And how are you looking at this squad? We saw Sabonis have himself a game. He is now priced at 9K accordingly. Uh, can you look at him, or are you just going to take the, val- yeah, the value that is everywhere else? Honestly, in this matchup against the the uh, sorry excuse for front quarter of the Wizards uh, in a high-scoring game, you have to go with Devonta Sabonis. I'm, I'm going to have a lot of stock in him in the 9,000. He's one of my favorite uh, high-end forward plays on this entire slate. Uh, and I think he's a guy that should continue to put up those big numbers. I mean, you, you called it. He put up 33 points, 15 rebounds in what seemed like a very pedestrian-like performance just based on his game. Um, his game continues to evolve year in and year out. Um, so I have a lot of interest in bonus at 9,000. I think he's going to be priced in the 10K range at some point this season. So at 9,000, there is some still some value to be had. So I'm going to be plugging him into a lot of my lineups. The other guy I'm looking at, is his running mate uh, in the backcourt, and that's Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I love Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's a guy with Karis LeVert out. Um, he's going to continue to to prove um, how just how well he can complement Demontis Sabonis' game. He's a high efficiency type of player. He he shot eight of nineteen and still put up twenty eight points, eleven assists, four rebounds, and a block um, in that loss you mentioned. So I love Brogdon as well. Um, I'm not going to have as much interest. Uh, in Brogdon as LaMelo Ball is $200 more, but Brogdon could be a great contrarian play um, on this slate. So I'm going to have some shares of Brogdon as well. Um, as far as any other Pacers are concerned, I was really impressed with Chris Duarte's performance in game one uh, in his rookie debut. Uh, quite a debut, I have to say. One of the, one of the best I've seen. Uh, there's been There were quite a few in the opening night, but this was really one that, that stood out to me. But 6000 is just priced way too high for a rookie in his second game. Despite the increased opportunity, I just I don't have the I don't have the the stones to really play him at that six thousand dollar range. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me. So it's definitely going to be some bonus number one as the clear number one, followed by Brogdon. Uh, and then that's pretty much it on the Pacers side. Who, who are you looking at on the Pacers, if anyone? Yeah, and I'm close with you. Uh, I think you have to at least give some bonus consideration. Um, a lot of people, he might be overowned after that last game and seeing 9,000, you're saying, oh, you have a dis- discount. Oh. Oh. Um, that was, um, <laughs> my computer just started talking to me. Uh, but 
Yeah, now I lost where I was. A video started playing. Hate that on the ads, but um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get back to it. Sorry for that. Uh, yeah, you have to definitely give Sabonis some consideration at 9K, especially after what he did. I'm afraid that he might get extra own it, ownership just because of that, and you're seeing the 9K, and you're looking at other people, uh, and people who don't are, are looking at other stats might not see it. Uh, but I, I like him here. And then the, the Wizards just don't have a front court. Uh, Daniel Gafford is really pretty solid. They brought in Trez over the summer, uh, but Trez isn't a defender. He gets dominated on defense. He's a little too small. He can grab rebounds. He can score in the paint, but he's not a good defender, um, a post defender. So Sabonis can easily get that matchup. Uh, and then Kyle Kuzma's playing a lot of power forward, especially with Rui there and Davis Bertans. None of these guys are the physical specimen that Sabonis is. Sabonis' all-around game is just great. So uh, he's definitely in my player pool. Um, I do think Miles Turner is also in my player pool for the same reason, and he's only 5'7". Uh, this is just a very good front court matchup. We know he can bring the defensive numbers. Uh, he can get a double-double here, and he's only 5,700. I think he'll bring back value on that price tag. Uh, and I did like – I was excited to see Joe Dirte's uh, price tag before coming in. And when I saw 6K, I was kind of not so excited about him. Yes, and I did mean to call him Joe Dirte from <laughs> from Joe Dirt. But uh, 6K, I just don't don't want to take that plunge. For me, I'm just looking at Sabonis, uh, Turner, and uh, I'm going to pass on Brogdon. I think, as you mentioned earlier, Lamella Ball's only 200 more, and that's just I, – I like that matchup a lot more than this. Um, but I don't hate him. I'm just going to stick to – or dwindle down my player pool and, and like Lamella Ball at the, as the best guy in that uh, that range for now. But I think I'm, I'm with you for the most part. Um, then I'm going to jump on over to the Washington side of the ball. And Bradley Beal is questionable. Uh, he'll probably play, but that's something to keep an eye on. Obviously, he's the best player on this team by uh, two country miles, probably. So if he doesn't play, there's a lot of shots that open up and a lot of usage that opens up, uh, which will likely funnel to Kyle Kuzma, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Trez the most. Um, and obviously, those are the three people that I'm looking at. If Bradley Beal doesn't play, or even if he does, I don't mind taking a shot at all three of those. We just saw what Indiana's defense did uh, against Charlotte and how they just got gave up like 120-plus points there. Uh, and we know that they can go on bad spells of defensive runs there. So I don't mind looking at Kuzma, Dinwiddie, and Hero if Beal plays. And if the, he doesn't play, all three of those guys at 5'4", 5'6", 5'7", just become really, really interesting. Uh, Gafford's another guy, but he's not more. He's not the scorer that those three guys can be, uh, and he's not going to just eat shot attempts that Beal is leaving on the table if he's out. Uh, that's why I'm looking at Harold and Dinwiddie and Kuzma. None of them are afraid to shoot, uh, and I think in that order, or well, in the order of Harold, Kuzma, and Dinwiddie is how I'm looking at it. It's just a very good matchup, and Beal might not play, leaving tons of tons of tons of usage on the table and shot attempts. Yeah, I, I have to say that we are we seem to be in pretty much alignment on, on the wizard side. I, I can't say that I'm wrong that I have any issues with any of your selections. In fact, um the only difference between my order of interest in Bradley Beal sits is probably gonna be Harold followed by Kuzma followed by Dinwiddie as my third. But otherwise, I mean we're splitting hairs here. They're all three of these guys are in that mid five thousand dollar range. Um, all three of them are probably going to be likely low owned. 
However, if Bradley Beal ends up sitting out and we get that news, that's around 6 p.m. Eastern Eastern time. I think that's going to be a big difference maker because I think a lot of people are probably going to pounce um, and they're going to suddenly be high owned. But if we don't get that news till but before lock, um, I don't think a lot of people are going to have the the, the real interest to, to pull the to, to pull the trigger on someone like Kyle Kuzma with 700, um, even though he has plenty more opportunity now in a Washington Wizards uniform. I think uh, coming off 15 rebound game, um, he's definitely crashing the boards more. You can tell he's motivated um, and a guy that might have a, a pretty solid year as long as he continues to get 30, 35 minutes a game in that starter role. So um, I definitely like Kuzma. Harrell, you mentioned as well as, as an offensive threat. Uh, and then Spencer Dinwiddie is another guy that, you know, definitely going to have plenty of opportunity in, in the Wizards uniform to be that one-two punch for Bradley Beal. Um, and Bradley Beal plays and then the 200. I think there might be some um, some level of interest for me um, if Bradley Beal is confirmed ready to go and healthy just because of the matchup. Uh, I think this could be a high-scoring game. It's probably one of the highest-scoring games on the slate, just looking at, at the, the line right now. Um, Something to keep in mind should be a close game as well. So something to consider as well as we continue down the road. But definitely um, love those three guys. So I'm with you again. Awesome, that is awesome. And yeah, I think Beal is a guy I'm I'm looking at if he plays. But I'm just going to leave it alone at nine two. Very good matchup. He's going to get all the usage he can handle. Uh, but this team just didn't. They didn't fully look in sync last game. I know they won. They just didn't look in sync offensively. And I don't know how serious his injury is. Uh, so that's something to keep right hip, right hip contusion in game one. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But um, with all the other options on the slate, let's jump on to the third game. In the last game at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have the New York Knicks going to Florida to take on the Orlando Magic. Uh, we have the Knicks as four and a half point road favorites and a 212 game total, which is, yep, you guessed it, the lowest of the night by a solid margin. I think 219 is the second lowest that we have. We only don't have the Hornets-Cavs total, but everything else is at least seven points higher. Um, on the injury report for the Knicks, we have Taj Gibson as questionable, Nerlens Noel, Luka Simonic out on the Magic. We have Michael Carter-Williams, Mark L. Fultz, Gary Harris, Jonathan Isaac, Etuan Moore, and Chuma Okiki all out. Uh, I'll throw it over to you on the Knicks side. Coming off a double overtime thriller of a win against the Celtics. Uh, can you play them knowing that they are going against this type of team? Yeah, it's really tough to play any Knicks, really, um, in this type of low-scoring potential game. Uh, in a game that might end up being a blowout, which is hard to say um, going into going into only second game of the season, but I just don't have a lot of faith in Orlando Magic, but that's besides the point. Um, I think that this game <laughs> will definitely be something that I'll probably be a pass on. The only guys I'm really looking at, Julius Randle, 8,500, as a GPP dart throw uh, more than anything, just because he's clearly the number one the playmaker scorer on the Knicks um, and a guy that should be able to eat early and often against the Magic front court. Um, I just don't know if I want to pay that price. I'd rather save. I'd rather pay the extra 500 most likely and go with Sabonis we just mentioned. But again, he's definitely going to be worth consideration. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, 5,600, 
if he can stay out of foul trouble, that's a great price tag and a price tag that might end up end up being more effective um, when we're looking at the slate in general. Um, in that mid-tier range, he's going to be low-owned just because of the low game total, but a guy that I'm definitely going to have some interest in just because of his ability to get rebounds, get blocks. He had 17 rebounds and a perfect 5-5 from the field in 34 minutes. Um, he barely exceeded 34 minutes of playtime the entire season last last year. So something to keep in mind as well um, when looking at Mitchell Robinson and lineups. Um, if he can stay healthy, stay out of foul trouble, um, I, I like him. Um, I probably like him a little more, actually, the more I talk about him uh, than Julius Randle, just because of the cost savings. And that's really going to be it for me. I'm not going to be chasing Evan Fournier's career high game. Um, I know all the Knicks fans are going to be booing me for that one, but um, I have to say, like, it was fantastic, but I just don't see him replicating that on a game in and game in, uh, game in and game out kind of way, despite uh, going up against his former team. Um, So that's something, some added motivation, perhaps. So uh, many people might actually play him as a 500. I just won't be one of those um, just because of the price tag itself. Uh, And that's really it for me on the Knicks side. I would love to play Kemba, but. 6,400 is just too high of a price tag for Kemba as he gets adjusted to being on the Knicks. Yeah, and um, for me, the, this entire game is just strictly GPP. I can't trust anything in a cash game. Um, that said, I mean, they, they're, they're coming off a double overtime win where one, two, three, three people played over 44 minutes in this game uh, on, on the, the Knicks side. And then two other people played 34 minutes or, or above. And that was Mitchell Robinson, who just came back from his injury the last preseason game, and Kemba Walker, who we know is injury history. So I can't imagine that they're going to grind them to the ground game two against the Magic, uh, who they're, they, we don't have to say much more. They're just the Magic. Uh, that said, it's also Tom Thibodeau, and he honestly doesn't care about people's game management or uh, injury management or any of that stuff. He will play you and play you and play you until you can't, until you're done, until the game is over and the final whistle blows, he will just play you. So I can't totally disregard that uh, fact. And that's why I'm sticking to them in GPPs only. Um, Like I will take a shot at RJ Barrett. I will take a shot at Mitch Robinson and Obi Toppin, probably not as much Randall um, because he's higher priced, but I still don't hate that price tag. I think 8-5 in this matchup, he could easily crush it. Uh, that just, is it going to be competitive enough? And will Tom Thibodeau care, even if it isn't competitive? I, I don't know. So that's why I don't mind just taking shots at these guys in GPP. In cash, got to leave it alone because as much as Tom Thibodeau likes to run his guys to the ground, he could definitely uh, game two of the season after a double overtime win against this team could even easily say, you know what, let's dial it back a little bit. We're going to have a big lead. Uh, we don't need to run these guys to the ground. Um, so uh, I'm just leaving that up to that. And like RJ Barrett, Robin, Mitch, uh, Randall, they can all have big games. Fournier, you mentioned, I, I can't imagine him dropping another 30, but he is going against his former team. Uh, but I'm not going to take that plunge. Um, Obi Toppin, I think can, he's, he might be the backup center again if Taj Gibson doesn't play. And that's, uh, 4,300, I don't mind going against that, especially if it is a blowout scenario. I'm pretty much with you on that. Um, I'll jump on over to the Magic side of the ball, and we saw Mo Bamba have himself a game. He finally got some minutes there. I liked it there. He played a rock-solid 27 minutes, dropped 18 points, uh, four boards, four assists, 
a lot of blocks. He looks really good, and it looks like they're going to play Bamba and Carter Jr. on the court together. And that is music to my ears because I can look at Mo Bamba at 6K. That's a lot. Uh, I don't think they care if they get blown out. They're still going to play their young guys. I, I'm, they're going to they expect to get blown out most games. So I like Bamba here. And um, honestly, that's probably it with all these injuries. Maybe Jalen Suggs, and I hope that he can shoot again or, or have a good game. Uh, but I just don't like playing in the Knicks, even in a ball scenario. I don't. Jalen Suggs is only 4K, so I can take that chance with all these guys out. Um, but I'm really not too high on anyone on here. Even when I my like for Bamba here, I'm still not super high on him because of the matchup. Yeah, I have to say, I'm, I'm again, once again, lockstep with you when it comes to uh, <laughs> this, just just this this team itself. Um, I think Mo Bamba is the only one that I'm looking at, 6,000. Um, you mentioned it. Uh, now that he's getting starter minutes, um, he did by 27 minutes despite a blowout. Uh, which is pretty surprising given his injury history. But again, that just shows you how much they have faith in Mobamba this year. So that's definitely exciting. I don't think I don't expect him to put up only four rebounds again. I think that was a fluke performance in the last one, but I do expect four blocks, one steal. I mean, those are the kind of upside, high upside numbers that we've all been salivating in the DFS community for a while. So it's it's exciting that Mobamba is finally gonna get some minutes. So I'm rooting for him and I think that he should uh, put up some enough enough value in this game blow it or not for him to be worth putting into your lineups. But you mentioned more of a tournament play than cash, just given the the uncertainty with this team. Um, and then you mentioned Jalen Suggs at only 4,000. He's not going to shoot three or 14 from the field, most likely um, anytime soon. I think he's just getting used to the, the NBA speed of the game. Um, and that's going to be a factor here against the Knicks again. But again, this is this should be a pretty good matchup for him as far as just being able to to shoot the ball freely if you can make even 30 to 40 percent of his shots which is saying a lot at 4,000, there are worse value plays on this slate uh to go after so that's that's a pretty nice call and to continue down the rookie train that, that i'm on recently when it comes to dfs i'm also going to be looking at from a pure dart throw tournament perspective franz wagner wagner at 4500 uh the younger brother of franz Franz. I love so that much. name. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And and, he, and just for that, I, I'm going to be playing him. Just kidding. He actually showed <laughs> some life in, in, in the first game. Um, so I think he's going to get more and more comfortable. Um, and on this team, anyone can really step up at any point because they, they need scoring. So maybe Franz Wagner could be the, the next guy for them. So that's pretty much it on, on the magic side for me. All right, man. Let's jump on to the next game. Uh, we have the Brooklyn Nets traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Sixers. Um, <clears throat> we have a 229.5 game total, and the Nets are one-point road favorites. We have on the injury report, Kyrie Irving as out. Just says not with team. I wonder what that means. <laughs> uh, the Sixers have Joel Embiid as questionable with right knee soreness. Whoa, shocker. Uh, Shake Milton. Grant Miller both out, and Ben Simmons as doubtful. Uh, I think he got ruled out already, but on the official injury report as of 20 minutes ago, it still says doubtful. I'll start with this one, and I'll let you take on uh, the Sixers, but start with the Nets here. I mean, this is a this is going to be a, the game of the night, likely. Uh, this is two powerhouses going at it. This is two favorites in the East going at it. 
This is two teams that are dominating the headlines for all of the wrong reasons going at it. Um, and then we have the superstars. But Brooklyn lost their first game to the Bucks in the uh, NBA season debut. But we got to go right back to the well on this, even in a tough matchup. Harden, Durant, pick one. They're both in fantastic spots. I, I, I'm going to lean towards Harden here. He does have the $100 edge now. Um, <clears throat> He's going to go up against a lot of Tyrese Maxey, who is a solid defender, but is only his second year, and he's not used to playing starters minutes like this, which he's going to have to be playing. Um, and I, I just think Harden had him, didn't have a great game in that first one, but still quietly put up a lot of DK points. Uh, I can't imagine him scoring under 25 in this one and getting a double or near double-double with some good rebounds, some assists. Um, his shot will start falling in this one. Outside of those two, I'm not going to go back to the well on Patty Mills. I will look at some at Nick Claxton. Uh, hopefully, if Joel Embiid doesn't play, Nick Claxton becomes very, very appealing. And he'll be going against Andre Drummond. And we know Andre Drummond on defense. You can get um, a lot of fantasy points on that. Uh, but those are the only two guys that I'm, I'm mainly looking at here. Uh, I'll take my shot at Harden slash Durant, more so Harden. Uh, and Nick Claxton at 3,800 is going to be in a solid matchup. If Joel Embiid sits, if Embiid plays... I don't like playing opposing centers against Embiid. All the stats say avoid, 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 even at that 3,800. Um, but those are the just looking at the top and then the bottom of the starting lineup. Yeah, I have to say that I'm totally in alignment again. I know, it's terrible. <laughs> I really should be fighting you. You know, for, for the bigger union, I should be going against you on every call, but it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's a hard one, especially on this 10 gamer. Um, but if I have to be conferring, I will say that of the James Harden and Kevin Durant, um, I'm leaning actually a little bit more towards Kevin Durant in 9300. Um, I just think that he's a guy that is certainly going to be um, a top player, especially with Kyrie Irving out, as you mentioned uh, for the foreseeable future, I think he's going to continue to play at an MVP level. Um, I think James Harden and him are, are going to play well together. It's really more of a flip of a coin more than anything. I'll just take the $100 and run with it and go with Kevin Durant in this matchup uh, versus James Harden, but can't go wrong with either one. I think um, they'll both have a pretty high share of of ownership on this slate just because of the high-profile matchup and this, the fact that um, it's, it's going to be a, a close game, most likely, um, especially if Embiid plays. So I like those two. And then you mentioned I'm not really going to be targeting Patty Mills 4,800. I'm also Nicholas Claxton. As much as I don't want to play anyone against Joel Embiid, at 3,800, you got to figure, even if this game ends up turning into somehow of a blowout and Embiid plays, Claxton will get minutes um, when he normally wouldn't. So... I think there is there's some opportunity for Claxton just because he's so young. Um, I think he is going to play more minutes than the Marcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, and all of those guys. So I don't mind the uh, Nicholas Claxton call, uh, but more of a tournament play for me. The only guys I really trust on the net side of the ball is going to be Harden and Durant in this one. All right, I feel you on that. Um, now let's jump on over to the Sixers, and I let you. I'm going to let you run away with this one. Say what you want. Uh, our resident Sixer fan. You don't have to get into all of the, the nuts and bolts uh, of what's going on, but uh, how do you feel about this game? Or whatever. Uh, whatever. If you want to get anything off your mind, you can. <laughs> I guess this is a great time for a Ben session, a Ben Simmons Ben session. Listen, 
I'm one of the few remaining Sixers fans that actually want Ben Simmons to play in a Philadelphia uniform, just for the sheer fact that I think he has the best opportunity to win a championship in a Philly uniform. It's just a matter of him realizing that he is not, he's not Allen Iverson. He never will be Allen Iverson and he can't act like Allen Iverson and expect people to just allow him to do so. Um, and it's, 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 it's been a big issue. I know it's not DFS related, but it is an issue because he's out, he might be out of lineups for the foreseeable future. Um, so his price tag will continue to drop. So just keep that in mind when, when he finally does get his act together, that's all I'm going to say on the Sixers piece, because I don't want to go into any further, uh, <laughs> further, um, rabbit holes with the Philadelphia 76ers. But, um, with that said, if Embiid plays 10,000 is a great price tag. I like Embiid at 10,000. Tobias 7,200 is going to be a little bit too pricey for me. I think 7,200 is a solid is a solid price tag. And Tobias is the number two scorer on the team, the clear number two uh, with Simmons out. Um, I just don't know if I'm going to have too many shares of Harris uh, in this one. Uh, a guy I'm looking at is probably going to be uh, Tyrese Max. 5,300 is still pretty good of a price tag. Do I like Ricky Rubio a little bit more in 5,300? Yes. But will, will I have some shares of Maxi potentially? Also, yes. If I if, if we have the expectation that Embiid ends up not playing, then I will be playing Maxi for sure. Uh, and the only guy I'm looking at really on the Sixers side is Furkan Korkmaz, a 4,400. Uh, a guy that is just a spark plug off the bench. If this game stays close, um, I, I, can dollars, I can bet dollars to donuts that Furkan Korkmaz hit a few threes to... To help help the Sixers along a little a little bit at 4400 is a pretty low price tag, so I'm not too afraid to play him. But again, he might be more of a tournament play for me, uh, and and that's really that's really all I like on the Sixers side of the ball. Who are you looking at uh, if Embiid does play? Uh, I think you would have to take a long hard look at Embiid. I know it's 10k. Um, I'm not sure what the injury is. I need more news on that before I want to take the dive on him, though. Um, it's just always there. Uh, even when he's just slightly banged up, he's just always on the injury report as questionable. Uh, so I, I, I need to know a little bit more about that tomorrow when Newell's rolls around before I can feel safe on him. Uh, but this seems like a very high-scoring game. Brooklyn, you know you can score on the interior. Look what Giannis did game one. Look, Brook Lopez had himself a solid game. Uh, we saw Jordan Wara even. <clears throat> like Everybody had a good game. It was a running theme last year that the interior of the nets even though all these bodies that they keep bringing in uh, you can still score on them they're getting older uh nick Claxton isn't but you can still score on them in the interior joel Embiid is the clear-cut number one option when he plays on this team uh, so i'll give him a long hard look i just need more information on what is exactly wrong with him and then you mentioned it if he's out tobias harris clear-cut number one option there at 7200 you got to like that price tag uh with Embiid. i think he's okay but i'm uh, i'd rather just try and spend 500 more and, and go with lamello uh, in that same price range. I think Tyrese Maxey, regardless of Embiid or not, is a very good price tag at 5-3. Uh, we know this kid's game is all around good. He can score. He can. He, uh, his jump shot isn't great. It's kind of, it's still a little bit broken, uh, but he still can hit threes. He racks up some assists. He's going to be the lead ball handler. Uh, he can rebound for a guard. He grabs a lot of steals. Uh, this is a guy at 5-3. He can easily beat that price tag in this up-tempo matchup, uh, knowing that Harden, as good as Harden and Durant are, they do turn the ball over too. Uh, and then you, they do sometimes take lapses on defense, so you can play Tyrese Maxey. Uh, and that's probably it. I like your call with 
Firkin Korkmaz. I love saying that. Um, I probably won't play him too much, though. Uh, I'll, I'll stick to those two guys. I think Maxi is is a very, very good play. Uh, and then if Embiid doesn't play, Andre Drummond at 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, just throw him in there. You know, no matter what the score is, he, he knows how to get rebounds. He knows how to get some defensive stats, and he can score in the paint, and he will easily bring back value there. Uh, so those are the guys I'm looking at mainly. <clears throat> All right, uh, let's jump on to the next game, also at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. We have the Toronto Raptors at the Boston Celtics. Uh, we have a 2.21 game total, and the Celtics are eight-point home favorites. Eight points. Woof. And on the injury report, we have, um, for the Raptors, Siakam and Yuta Wantanamo Bay both out. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the Celtics, we have Al Horford as questionable. Um, Peyton Pritchard, Josh Richardson, and Marcus Smart, all probable slash available. Uh, we'll start with the Raptors, man, and I'll throw it over to you. How are you feeling about this team? They didn't look great offensively, even in a easy Wizards matchup. Um, you think they'll bounce back in this one? Yeah, I'm actually counting on it. Um, I think, you know, do I think they have a good chance to win? On traveling on the road in Celtics, no. But do I think it's going to be more competitive than the last game? Absolutely. So for that reason alone, I I like Fred Van Vliet. Um, price under under seven k, six hundred. I mean, he shot awful, just absolutely awful from the field. Twelve points, five of twenty from the field uh, in the last game. Two steals and a block, which was nice in thirty five minutes. But I don't think he's going to need that kind of that. He's not going to be that inefficient again this season. So I like Fred Van Vliet. I think. It's hard to to really trust him uh, necessarily in cash games, but for tournaments, that price tag is definitely in play for me. Um, I also like in my theme of going after rookies so far in, in the DFS season. I like some Scotty Barnes. Um, he is going to probably get another start um, at 4,500. Uh, a guy that that can run the offense a little bit, um, especially with Carl Lowry out um, and no longer on the team. Might I add. Um, this is definitely going to be a good opportunity for Scotty Barnes to continue to get his his legs under him in the NBA game. Um, and I think he's a great matchup here. He's going to be low-owned. Um, so another reason why I'm going to have Scotty Barnes' interest. Um, and then that's pretty much it. Uh, just the Raptors just are so anemic when it comes to who's going to really perform, who's going to get minutes. Normally, I'm, I'm a, the biggest Chris Boucher uh, fan. But, but Bobby Boucher. <laughs> yes, indeed. But um, 5,500. I just I don't know what I'm gonna get out of him, um, so I'm probably gonna stay away from him, and it, it might cost me in this matchup uh, on this slate, but I'm gonna probably not have too many shares in him, uh, and that's pretty much it on the Raptors side for me. Who are you looking at on the Raptors, and do you trust Scotty Barnes? Um, I I like how this kid plays. He he had a lot of he was handling the ball too, uh, a lot in the preseason as well, which he played point guard in college. Uh, he looks like a point forward to be. I don't know if it'll translate in the regular season, all season, but uh, it's something that he's going to get groomed into. And seeing him play 33 minutes in that first one, that is enticing. And he started. I know we still don't have um, Siakam, and that's going to change the entire lineup, but that is that is enticing to me. So I do like him here. He's probably my favorite play on the team at only 4,500. That's a very cheap price for a guy getting 30 minutes. And we know who can sprinkle in a little bit of everything. Uh, we saw him get high assist games in the preseason. Uh, we saw him get nine rebounds in the last game. So he can do both things there, even if his shot isn't falling. And he still scored 12 points, which 
Um, saying that out loud, the next thing that comes out is really sad. He tied for the team lead in, in points in the last game. But um, you know he can he can do a little bit of everything, and I like that. And he can pitch in defensively. So at 4,500, I really like him there. Uh, Van Vliet, you mentioned it. I can't imagine him shooting as bad as he did. He has had some bad shooting games, and he hasn't really taken the mantle. It didn't look like in the preseason. Uh, but we know what this guy is capable of. Uh, much more than what he, what he has been doing at the end of the preseason and in this game. At 6,900, I don't mind taking another shot. In this matchup, uh, the Celtics really don't have any... I mean, Marcus Smart is there, but Marcus Smart, you can still score, get get some points on him. And, and when he's not, when he's taking a breather, and he is probable for this, he's coming in a little bit banged up. Uh, like Dennis Schroeder, Peyton Pritchard, whoever else they throw out there, Romeo Langford, they're not really great defenders that Van Vliet shouldn't have a problem with. And 20 shots for Van Vliet should be the, the bar here without Siakam in there. Uh, I don't mind OG at 62. But I want to see it happen in a regular season game with what he did in the preseason. I think a breakout is very possible this year. Um, but I do want to see it once before I, I take the plunge in there, especially on a 10 game. And that's it. The entire front court or center rotation with Birch, uh, Precious, and Boucher, I just not intriguing to me. They're all chopping up minutes, and I want no part of that until somebody separates from the pack in Nick Nurse's eyes and he continues to separate. Uh, show that th that person's going to get minutes. <clears throat> All right. I will jump on over to the Celtic side of the ball um, and mention smart at 6,400. Not terrible, but uh, he's coming in a little bit banged up. Uh, Jalen Brown, man, he missed well, a couple weeks with COVID there. And then all of a sudden he comes back, drops 46 points in 46 minutes. That is insanity. I wonder if the double overtime game is going to get these guys. Uh, I was thinking the same thing on the Knicks, but the Knicks are going against the Magic. They're not going against the team who recently won a championship, even though a couple of those, uh, most of those guys are gone. It's still in that culture. Uh, I don't. I want to take Jalen Brown, but at 8,300, can't do it. Uh, I'd rather just go Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum didn't have the greatest of opening games, but he still had a double double on 45 minutes at four assists there. Uh, but we're looking at Robert Williams at 6'2". If Al Horford is not ready to play again, Robert Williams played 45 minutes. I know it was double overtime. You can even take 12 minutes out of there. That would still be over 30 minutes. If this dude is going to get 30 minutes, sign me up at 6,200. Uh, we know what he can do defensively. He can probably get another double-double in, in around 30 minutes or clearly or close to that. It'll probably get you... Uh, three to four stocks at minimum, and that is very good in fantasy. I think uh, he'll easily hit that value. Um, and then it just depends on Al Horford. Uh, Grant Williams is not a bad play at 4,100, but I think I'm just sticking with Tatum, Williams, and then uh, leaving it alone for now. I think the, the Raptors are just very good defensively. Yeah, um, I have to say that we are back to being in sync. Um, so that <laughs> did not last long. Um, as far as the Celtics go, um, Jalen Brown, of course, you touched on it, was a world beater in his last game where he had you know, 46, 46 real-life points. I mean, he put up monster, monster fantasy numbers. He led the whole slate um, in, in that night uh, in terms of fantasy goes. But 8,300 to your point is just a little bit too pricey to pay for him. Um, Jason Tatum, 8,800, should have a nice bounce back. Um, so I'll have some interest in him just because we know what 
what Jason Tatum can do when he is when he's shooting well. And I think he's going to come back strong in this game. Um, but then you called it number one play for me um, in this entire game is actually Robert Williams, his 200. Uh, just we've seen what big men can do when they're unleashed so far in this season. This very young NBA season. Um, and Robert Williams has been another than than a world beater if he gets 30 minutes. Um, and if he gets 30 minutes in this game, uh, there's no one on the Toronto Raptors side that can really stop him. Um, he should be able to eat early and often. And you mentioned double-double threat. Should be able to put up two steals, two blocks um, with, with, with pretty much ease um, as one of the better as one of the better um, additional staff big men that we have in this league right now, young big men we have in this league. So I like our Williams to 200. I'm going to have a lot of shares of him um, despite the the low total of this game. Awesome. Now let's jump on over to the first game at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the New Orleans Pelicans at the Chicago Bulls. Uh, we have a 224 game total. The Bulls are six and a half point home favorites. On the injury report, we have Kobe White as out, Patrick Williams as probable for the Bulls. We have Josh Hart as questionable, and Zion Williamson as out for the Pelicans. I'll throw it over to you. How are you feeling about this Pelican side of the ball? No Zion there, and probably no Josh yeah. Hart, meaning someone else needs to start. Yeah, it's definitely going to make things interesting. Um, I'm going to have some interest in Nikhil Alexander-Walker, um, a guy that we've seen last year with a bunch of guys resting, a bunch of guys injured. He can put up you could put data fantasy numbers in a in an absolute second. Um, a high-scoring, high-efficiency um, type of guard um, when given minutes. So if he gets the start, uh, he played 34 minutes in the last game. Um, and he is starting, and he put up 23 points, five rebounds, and assists, steal on a block uh, in those 34 minutes. So I think he's definitely some guy that I'm have interest in um, in this matchup. He's going to have to score just for for the Pelicans to keep this game relatively competitive, which is even ridiculous to say out loud now that I'm saying it against Chicago Bulls. But that's just the nature of the early NBA season. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with him. Uh, and then Brandon Ingram is my favorite play on the Pelicans, 7500. Uh, a guy that is going to have to continue to shoulder their load um, when it comes to this team. Um, coming off 25, seven rebounds, six assists game um, when they played the Sixers. I think I expect a similar effort here. And at 7500, there's plenty of value to be had there at that price tag. Um, I like him. And then really, that's pretty much going to be it. Um, I was looking at Jonas, uh, Jonas Valanciunas earlier. Um, but at 7,200, I don't think there's enough value there um, to really go after him. Despite a great matchup against the Bulls, against Bucevic, um, i just rather um, take the savings, go with a guy, Robert Williams, uh, at that center position and, and, and be done with it, um, than go after Jonas here. Um, and that's pretty much it on the Pelican side of the ball um, for me. Who are you looking at? Um, and are you looking at Walker? Um, that's a good question. And I want to, at 65, I, I don't really love the price tag. I think we're getting discounts at a lot of people. Um, like, And Brandon Ingram, only 1,000 more in his, his game. He does a lot more things there. So I don't love the price tag. But if I'm in that range, he is a guy that I, I will be looking at. Uh, I think this is a very good matchup for him to get hot in. But I just don't love the price tag there. Um, a guy that I am looking I, I think Brandon Ingram is... is is the better play on this this slate out of or on this team? I would have liked Jayval same reason. I thought he wouldn't have been so high in this after his dreadful performance in 
that first game. Uh, but he is seven two, and uh, this isn't the same. Or Vooch is is a pretty solid defender at seven two. I don't think I need to just run Jay Val out there, even though he's going to get a ton of shot attempts, uh, just because they need him. I think Devonte Graham is a guy I'm I'm looking at, not in love with, but looking at depending on how the injuries shake out in the earlier part of this slate at five five. I think he's in a solid matchup. And then a guy I'm really looking at is Trey Murphy at 3,100. If Josh Hart doesn't play, this gets started the second half. Um, or it, in place of Josh Hart when he, he got hurt in that first game, I think he might draw this start again. It could be him or, or Najee Marshall likely to draw the start. I'm thinking they're leaning towards Murphy, who had himself a hell of a preseason. Uh, and at 3,100, this kid could really shoot. And I'm expecting some open threes. Uh, I will take some chances on him. Uh, well, I do need to see if Josh Hart plays because if Josh Hart does play, he's going to get the lion's share of those minutes in the in the wing. He'll get 30. Uh, Murphy will still play, but I don't think he'll hit that 30 mark plateau. But if Josh Hart doesn't play, I think this kid hits 30 minutes and at 3100, I can really throw him into a lot of my lineups to to get some bigger plays. So he's he's a guy that I'm really looking at here as probably my favorite play, depending on Josh Hart ugh, Josh Hart's availability. But um. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say, that's a great call out. He's one of the few rookies that I did miss. And I apologize <laughs> to Trey Murphy fans out there. Yeah, you, you've been going all over the rookies there. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll jump on to the Bulls. Try and go a little quicker here. Um, yeah, I mean, the Bulls are just stacked. It, it's very hard to pinpoint them on a, on a given night. They're going to be super fun to watch. This game could turn into a blowout. Uh, the Pelicans got blown out last game. Uh, Bulls started off shaky against the Cavs, and then they got it together. I think you can look at a lot of these guys, but Lonzo Ball at 6'6". We were just talking about Murphy, uh, Alexander Walker at 6'5". I think I like Ball a little bit better, only $100 more. Um, I don't really want DeRozan at 7'1". Booch is in play. Uh, Levine is always in play. They're, I mean, they're at that teetering 8K mark, but I think we there is enough value here that I don't, have to go to them and i like lonzo here i i think a revenge game narrative here going back against uh new orleans who really didn't want him never wanted to extend him then finally traded him and he is the cheapest of that group uh it's just a really really good situation here we know what lonzo can do i've been he's one of the most accurate three-point shooters all of a sudden uh he's, he's playing very well passing the ball um i really just like lonzo in this particular matchup and I don't mind looking at Patrick Williams, but that injury does scare me. I think 4-1 is a solid price tag for him, but that injury does scare me because he's been dealing with it. Um, so to me, I'm just looking mainly at Lonzo here to go off against his former team and in a kind of screw-you type of revenge game. Yeah, I have to say that the Lonzo call is one of my favorite ones uh, because if you know me, you know I love a good revenge game narrative. <laughs> And this is a perfect candidate at home against the Pelicans. They're coming to you. No Zion. This is the perfect opportunity for Lonzo Ball to flex, to flex those muscles that shows that he, that he was uh, a mistake getting rid of for the Pelicans. And I think it's going to be uh, evident on the floor uh, in this game. So I like Lonzo Ball. That's a, that's a solid price tag. I probably like him a little bit more than Nikhil Alexander-Walker for $100 more um, in this game. And then you mentioned DeMar DeRozan, 7100, also going to be in play for me. But more of a tournament play than anything, just because the, the Bulls now have so many guys that, that can score. 
Um, they're, they're pretty much loaded on the offensive side of the ball, which is crazy to even say out loud now. Um, the Chicago Bulls are, are going to be a fun team to watch all season. Zach Levine, 8K, I think that's pretty much a slap in the face to Zach Levine, um, just given his big play opportunity. He's the alpha dog on this team, despite the presence of DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic. Um, he can he can score um, and pretty much from anywhere on the court. Uh, coming off a 34-point effort, I like Zach Levine. He's probably my favorite play uh, in this game uh, at 8,000. I'm um, going to be looking at him. Vucevic of 800 and not going to have too much interest just because of the price tag. Um, and then you mentioned Patrick Williams. If he ends up playing 4,100, I'm going to have some shares of him. And that pretty much wraps up the Bulls for me. All right, man. Awesome. And let's go on to the next game. The last game at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, this is <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. We have the Oklahoma City Thunder traveling to Houston to take on the Rockets. Um, for the spread, we have a 225.5 game total. And the Rockets, Rockets, yes, guys. I don't know how many times I'll say this all year, but the Rockets are three-point home favorites. On the injury report, we currently uh, don't have one submitted for either of these teams, but we can only imagine what could happen. Even in game two, there's nothing nothing to be taken lightly for them. Uh, I could, I guess I could just say John Wall is, is not going to be playing. We'll start with the Thunder. How are you feeling about them? They really got themselves uh, it taken to them against the Jazz, but the Jazz are just on another level than these two teams. Uh, this is going to be more of an even matchup, but how are you feeling about the Thunder? Yeah, um, the Thunder are interesting. Um, there's a couple of guys I'm looking at on the Thunder side of the ball. It starts with Shy Otis Alexander, so 700. Um, he's clearly the alpha dog on this team. Uh, I think he's going to put up some some pretty serious numbers. Um, I think he's a guy that is going to be able to, if his game stays close, um, despite a blowout in the first one against the Jazz, um, I like the Thunder to keep this game relatively close against the Rockets, so I love Shy at 600. I think he's a great play in that mid-tier, uh, mid to upper-tier range. Um, and another guy I'm looking at is going to be another rookie because you know that's my name of the game for me tonight, <laughs> and that's going to be Josh Giddy. Um, he played 29 minutes, put up four rebounds. He only had four points, but put up 10 rebounds um, in his debut on the Thunder, which was good for um, one of the highest by a rookie in his debut. Um, for the for the Thunder, so that that was exciting stat there to, to include in there. But but Josh Giddy 4100 is going to be one of my favorite value plays of the entire slate. So I like him, and then Shad Godis Alexander 6700, and that's pretty much it for me. I'm not going to have too much interest in, in Darius Baisley at 6000 or Isaiah Isaiah Roby at 4500 either. Um, uh, what about yourself? It sounds like you're giddy for Josh. Uh, but yeah, I think shy is another guy. We, we talked about a couple people just in, in the last game around that price tag. I like him more than no. I think it's pretty close with Lonzo. Uh, this is just a very good matchup and I want some exposure to this game. I think you mentioned Josh Giddy 4,100. That's just another awesome price tag and no, uh, he already got his feet wet against the jazz. I mean, the toughest defensive team in the league. And now you go against the Houston Rockets. It's a lot easier of sledding here. So uh, 4100 before his price jumps up a little bit, even though he's going to go his peaks and valleys for a little while. Uh, I think this is more of a peak with this type of matchup. So I do like him here. I will take some shots, uh, especially if I don't want to want someone cheap. 
And then I'm looking at who's going to start in the front court. Is it going to be Isaiah Roby, who it looked like was going to be the starter coming into the season? Or is it going to be Derek Favors again? I did not expect Derek Favors to start in the last one. He started, played 20 minutes. That was a blowout. Uh, he played the least amount of minutes of the five starters. But that's still 20 minutes. If he's going to get the Al Horford treatment and play uh, until they just say, go home, I don't mind him. And at 3600 that's a very good price tag in this matchup. Uh, yes, please. If it's Isaiah Roby, 4,500. Also, yes, please. That I, I think uh, you're, we're going to get a very good discounted center here, uh, along with Josh Giddy. if you don't want to pay up for uh, a shy in this one. So that's where I'm going to look at, and hopefully we get those lineups in earlier. Uh, now I'll jump over to the Rockets, who are playing an equally bad team. Uh, though I think <laughs> <laughs> all the love we had and all the things we were saying about the Rockets, they're going against an easy team too. Uh, Garrison Matthews and, and Daniel House probably on the wrong side of questionable, but we don't fully know here. Um, I would love some Kevin Porter Jr., but at 7'3", I have to pass. Christian Wood looks like a guy I can look at at 7'1", um, <clears throat> in this type of matchup, but also I'm not sure. I, I, I like getting a lot of value on these bad type of games like a Jalen Green. We're going to go to the rookies. Um, Alfred Singen at 3,900. I would absolutely like to play him too, even if he doesn't start. You might look at Daniel Tice at 5K. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, I like looking at uh, a lot of value on this side of the ball in a sloppy but fun fantasy game uh, if I don't want to go Christian Wood. But I, I think Singen is a guy that I'm looking at under 4K very much so because I think he can easily double-double and get stocks in this game. Uh, Jason Tate under 5k and Jalen green. Uh, I said it about Josh Giddy, who had a bad first game. Uh, Jalen green is in prime position to have a good game against this, whatever kind of team you want. He only scored nine points in that first one, uh, but he can easily score some more points in this one. Dort might not even be guarding him who is a really rock solid defender. Uh, he might be more on, uh, Eric Gordon, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the young guys in here, mainly Tate, Green, and Sengen as my my three favorite options for cheap value. Yeah, I, I think I, I think we can just move on because I'm with you again, 100. <laughs> Jalen Green and Shangun, I believe I, I believe it's pronounced, but I'm still learning how to pronounce that <laughs> one. But he is uh, just a beast. I think the Rockets really got got a nice little gem here. Um, definitely has some potential there. You mentioned double-double threat. Under 4K price tag, I like him um, and Jalen Green. To, I like Jalen Green to bounce back uh, in this matchup. So clearly I'm riding the rookie train in this game. Um, Christian Woods, 100, was also going to have some shares of him. But again, there are better center options uh, at, a, at a cheaper price tag that I'm probably going to go with versus paying up for Christian Woods. So I, I'm, I'm in alignment 100%. Um, Jason Tate is another guy that I'm looking at under 5K as is a nice third option. But as far as where I'm ranking them, I'm going to put Shingun number one, followed by Jalen Green, and then finally Jason Tate um, as the final guy running the three. Awesome. All right, let's jump on to this next game. We have the San Antonio Spurs at the Denver Nuggets. This game starts at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have a 219 game total. As I mentioned before, this is the second lowest game total of the night. And we have these uh, Nuggets as eight-point home favorites. Uh, on the injury report, we have Jamal Murray out, Black Oaken Carr, probable Spurs side, Devontae Kikok, and Zach Collins both out. Um, I'll jump first on this one, actually. We'll, we'll jump to the Spurs. I'm looking at Derek White, 
5900 I think that's an, a very solid price tag. $1,100 discount to, to DeJounte Murray. Uh, I think they're similar players. I think White possibly has more upside. He's just been hurt a lot. Uh, 5900 love that price tag. Outside of that, uh, Doug McDermott, if he starts again, we know he could shoot 4400 Not bad if he's playing 30 minutes again. Uh, we'll see. Everyone else, uh, I'm going to pass on in this, this game. I, I like the matchup. It's not bad. I want to just see how this team gels first. And we have so many games on the slate that I don't think I want to take any chances at the moment. I want to see what the rotation is for a few games. Uh, but Derek White, I know, is going to get a lot of minutes, and I, I just really like that price tag. Yeah, I have to say Derek White's my favorite play uh, on the Spurs side. He's is a great price tag, you mentioned. But um, coming off a game where he's finally starting to shoot the ball well after coming off a season where he shot the ball up fairly inefficiently, uh, where the field goal percentage are 40% in the uh, playing last season. So I expect a bounce back should be in the 45% range um, this year. And, and I think this is a great matchup for him against the Nuggets, even despite uh, a relatively low scoring affair. I'm going to have some shares of Derek White at 100. Um, I'm also not going to be looking at Deontay Murray too much, 7K, despite having a triple-double threat night in and night out. Um, this is not the best matchup for him against the Nuggets in the likely defensive battle. Um, I'm not going to have too many shares there. Uh, and then the other guy I'm really looking at, uh, again, more of a GBP play more than anything, is Jakopadl uh, coming off a nice, um, during a, a blowout, came off a nice double-double, um, almost triple-double, actually, where he put up 12 points, or maybe about seven assists in 30 minutes of action against the Magic. Um, I'm going to have some shares of him. But there's just so many center options, which we touched on. I continue to touch on game in and game out that I don't know how many shares I'm going to end up with, but a guy that is going to be on my radar for sure in, in player pools. Awesome. And then we'll jump on over to the Nuggets. Who are you looking at over there? Yeah, on the Nuggets side, um, it's actually pretty scarce, um, especially with no Jamal Murray. Um, I'm not going to have too many interest in Monte Morris, 4,600. I just don't think there's enough uh, value there. Despite getting the starting minutes um, in this game, um, I'm, I'm going to look elsewhere, starting with Michael Porter Jr. at 6,300, um, a guy that's the clear number two now on this team, coming off 15.6 rebound, five assists game. Um, and again, that was with very low volume. Um, he's still a guy that, that's going to be able to contribute and, and get his shots. A double-double threat as well, a guy that can rebound pretty efficiently as well. Um, so I like Michael Porter Jr., as probably my second favorite play on the Nuggets side. And then, of course, number one is Nikola Jokic at 10,200, 10, coming off a ho-hum 27-13 rebound game um, in his last one. I mean, just the MVP does what the MVP does and will continue to do. Um, a guy that should be one of the best plays on on every slate, despite the, the low total, I think he's going to be low-owned too, which is only going to give me more interest in playing him on this big slate, uh, this 10-gamer. So I'm going to have some interest in Jokic, and he's going to be my favorite play on the Nuggets side. Do you like Jokic as much as me? Uh, I like him. I don't know if I'll have a, a ton of exposure to him. Um, I might have him in a few lineups. I think 10-2, just being so high-priced, and we have uh, all these other people not as priced accordingly yet. I think we can fit him in a lot of lineups because of that. But um, I really like some Michael Porter Jr. in this uh he is the clear-cut number two option. He didn't really play as that in the first game. Uh, he had quite a few assists. I didn't expect a lot of this from him right off the bat, and it looked like a lot of the offense was flowing through him. I think it's going to change 
range, and Jokic's going to get a lot more assists in this one. Uh, but Michael Porter Jr. is the guy that I'm targeting most in this one at 6,300. That's just a very good price tag. He's eventually going to be in the uh, high sevens, low eights in that range uh, as the season rolls along. And Aaron Gordon, I think at 5,100, he started. It looked like he got the hang of playing with these guys. Uh, it took him a long time, but it looked like he got the hang of it. And if he's going to be playing pretty well, playing minutes near the 30s, uh, at 5,100, we know he has a pretty solid fantasy game, and that's not a, an expensive uh, price tag there. But I do like Jokic. I'm never going to say anything bad about Jokic. I just don't know how much I'll have him in play here with the potential for this game to get out of hand as well. <clears throat> um, but before we get on to the next one, I do have to give a quick shout-out. The NBA is back. At DraftKings Sportsbook, guys, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Again, $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not uh, make your roster Washington, 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 and oh yeah, Washington. Uh, DraftBook Sportsbook customers can also get their skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for your bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code NBA today. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code NBA today. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, guys, we have the final two games, both starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we'll try and run this one a little quick because we have we, – we've – 10 games takes a long time, man, and you know. Uh, but the second to last game of the night, we have the Phoenix Suns at the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, oh, we'll start with the spread. We have a 226 game total. The Lakers are two and a half point home favorites. Both these teams are 0 and 1. And we have on the Lakers Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Taylor Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn all out. Sequoy Dumboya as questionable. On the Suns, we have Dario Saric out and Landry Shamit as probable. Throw it over to you for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, what are you looking at on this side of the ball? Yeah, on the Phoenix Suns side, um, it's, it's an interesting game against the Lakers. Um, I like Chris Paul, 7,300. Uh, again, in that middle-tier price tag, again, um, but a guy that should be able to, to put up some some decent numbers against the Lakers, despite the matchup against Russell Westbrook. I think he's going to come out motivated in that veteran leadership that he does. I like Chris Paul. Devin Booker, 8,200, another guy as a shooting guard is a guy that I'm going to be looking at. I think he definitely has some potential there um, in this matchup. The price tag is pretty reasonable for, for a guy with his ability. So I like Devin Booker. Uh, and then I want to have some interest, very little, though, in DeAndre Ayton. More of a tournament play for me. And that pretty much rounds out the sun side of the ball. Um, are you looking at uh, Booker or Chris Paul here? Yeah, and it's funny. This is the uh, throwback to last last year's playoffs. Uh, I think Chris Paul and Devin Booker are two solid price tags at the moment. Uh, I'll probably look more towards Chris Paul, take that $900 discount, try and save up for some, some bigger guys there. Uh, we know 
Devin Booker had himself a very good series last year in the playoffs against these guys. I think DeAndre Ayton isn't too bad of a price tag, but I thought we mentioned a lot of other guys that are a little bit cheaper that we can go to there, so I probably won't have too much of him. I think Michael Bridges at 5K is a solid price tag, and that's another guy I can throw in my pool in that. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm probably looking mainly at Paul and Michael Bridges, and uh, that's that's mainly it for me on on this side of the ball until uh, we see how this team starts gelling again um, and against this Laker team who are just old people, and they're probably going to – they want to slow the game down, but they have all these uh, – and they're still getting used to each other. So we're going to see exactly how that works out, and I'll jump right into that side of the ball. We have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook all over 8-6, uh, and we have no one else over 4-6. So you know how this game goes, but there's a lot of people out. Uh, I thought Melo could have started in the last game. He didn't. We saw um, DeAndre Jordan get the start instead. So we got to keep an eye on the lineup, but I can't imagine, even if DeAndre Jordan starts, he's not going to get a ton of minutes. Uh, Dwight Howard starts, they're probably going to chop the minutes up. Um, you got to look at Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Both are going to take the front seat of this while Russell Westbrook get, uh, gets acclimated to this new system. And then I want to see if Carmelo Anthony starts or if it's Kent Bazemar again. Um, one of those two guys, solid plays at 4-6 and 4-5. Don't love it, but you can throw. You can do worse if you're trying to get uh, cheap guys in there. Um, but I think Anthony Davis is the guy that I'm targeting in this matchup. We saw him have a very, very good series when he was healthy um, when they played against him. And last year when he plays against his team, he's done very well. LeBron James, same as well. Uh, but Anthony Davis is especially if he gets the center treatment in this one, I think that he can bring DeAndre Ayton away from the basket and have the very clear matchup advantage. But again, we got to see how the lineups shake out. They've been talking about playing AD at the five all off season. First game of the season, he didn't play at the five. Uh, and it was against the Warriors who have Kevon Looney who barely played and then no other center. Uh, so it's just very weird. And that's something that uh, we have to keep an eye on. If AD doesn't play the five, I'm leaning more towards LeBron James at $200 more. Uh, how about you, man? How you how you feeling about the Lakers? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, this is definitely a, a great game. It should be a great matchup, a fun game. Um, Anthony Davis is a guy that I targeted in the first game of the season. I'm going to go right back to the well here. I think we can. Under 9K, 9900 is a great price tag. I'm going to be uh, putting a lot of shares into Anthony Davis. He looks refreshed. He looks ready. He's, he just got married. As a fellow, as a fellow um, <laughs> recent married person, I get it. He's motivated. He's happy. He's excited. So um, I think he's going to be playing with that extra motivation there. Um, some, so some side insight there as well. Um, LeBron James, 9100, is always in play. I think you can go, you can't go wrong with LeBron James. I don't know if I'll go there, just given all the games on the slate. Um, but that's pretty much it for me. I'm probably going to have a little bit of interest in Carmelo Anthony at 4,600 just because he's a guy that's going to get plenty of minutes um, and he should be able to get to score off the bench. He has the green light every time he steps on the court. So he can provide some value there, but um, isn't it more of a tournament play for me more than anything? Um, Russell Westbrook, 1,800. As much as I want to play Russell Westbrook, this is a great matchup for him. Russell Westbrook has a huge adjustment to be playing on the Lakers. He, he's still not comfortable. I, it might take him a couple of weeks, could be a couple of months for him to get fully up to speed. I might eat those words and he might put up a triple double in this game, but I really don't think that he is 
um, fully adjusted to being on the Lakers quite yet. So um, that was the guy I'm looking at, probably LeBron and Anthony Davis as my number one player. Yeah, I, I like that. And then we're going to jump on over to the last game of the night. We have the Utah Jazz at the Sacramento Kings. We have a 226.5 game total. Uh, and we have the Jazz as six-point road favorites. On the injury report, we have a small one here. We have Rudy Gay is out for the Jazz, and we have Mo Harkless as questionable for the Kings. Uh, we'll start with the Jazz. I'll jump into it. Uh, I really want to play Mitchell. He dropped 42 points in his lone game against this team last year. Uh, 42 actual points and 57 fantasy points. We know the Kings struggle against opposing shooting guards. They're a little different this year. Uh, they moved Barnes back up to the three. They're starting Halliburton now. I don't think it's the same old Kings. And Donovan Mitchell, that price tag is just a little too high to start off with. He was he was hovering around the eights a lot last year, and that was nice. But now eight, seven, I don't know if I really want to take that. I don't fault anybody. Uh, to be honest, I'm not in love with any of the price tags here in this particular game. Mike Conley and, and Bojan are two that I'm looking at very since they're very cheap. I'm leaning towards Mike Conley because he does more. Um, but I'm probably not going to have too much exposure to almost anyone on this side of the ball. Uh, Maybe not in this game. How about you? Yeah, it's a tough one to get excited about uh, for the Jazz. I mean, Mitchell 8700 is a price tag that is pretty much on par with his skill set and his current gameplay. So I'm not going to have too much interest in chasing value there. Rudy Gobert, I wish he was priced at the low 7,000 range. 7,100 is just is just way too high. Rudy Gobert, despite the double-double threat in night in and night out, along with some block potential, I'm not going to have too many shares there. Um, the only guy I'm looking at, actually, on the Jazz side, if there's one guy, it's going to be Boyan Bogdanovich. This is 100. Again, another mid-tier option on this giant slate. I, I keep hammering the mid-tier guys every game. So that's the only guy I'm looking at on the Jazz side. And otherwise, I, I think we can move on to the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I like it. Um... And do you want to take the Kings from here? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump into the Kings. So on the, on the Kings side of the ball, um, going up against the Jazz is no easy feat. So despite a great effort, a valiant effort in their first game, I'm not going to have too much interest in De'Aaron Fox, 8,400. I think that price is just too high. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is getting adjusted um, playing on this team now with with actual some potential on this team. So at 6,000. Definitely some some value there, but I'm not going to be chasing that against the Jazz, who are just a lockdown defensive team. Harrison Barnes coming off a career high um, and price 7300. He's just too expensive now after that game. Rashawn Holmes, the only guy I could have potentially been looking at since 400. But as we mentioned, there's so many other better plays up and down the price range uh, board. So I'm not going to be chasing Rashawn Holmes. And I'm with you. There's not a single guy here that I'm really going to be targeting too much. What about yourself? Yeah, and I would I would like Holmes a little bit more in a different matchup. I think the price tag is fair. Um, I don't really like targeting the Jazz. The Jazz just are a fantastic defensive team. I think Fox, Barnes after that one, Holmes. I think everybody's priced fairly accordingly. I think Barnes a little bit more than I would want anyway. Um, Halliburton at 6K is a nice price tag. Um, but I don't think anyone's too cheap to that I'm looking at and saying, oh, got to go there. Maybe Mo Harkless if he plays at 4K, but if he doesn't, who's going to start at power forward? Uh, we already know that they don't like Marvin Bagley, so 
it probably will throw in um, Buddy Heald at the three and Barnes at the four. Maybe they'll throw in Terrence Davis. Uh, either way, or Davion Mitchell. Either way, um, I'm just going to pretty much avoid this game. All right, man. Uh, anything else before we head on out of here? I know this was a long one. We had 10 games. We just got started. Uh, we'll, we'll keep them shorter <laughs> the more we go on. This is our first one in, in quite some time together. But uh, anything else you want to add before we head on out of here? No, I, I think uh, I'm just excited to get this 10-game uh, slate going. And I'm really excited to be to be rolling with you again. So just looking forward to it. Yeah, and I feel you, man. And we'll get this down. I think we did pretty well. Um, thank you guys for joining in. And we will catch you again next week. I think tomorrow is – what is tomorrow? Friday? Uh, I think it's Harris and Mike maybe. Um, yeah, I believe it's Mike and Harris or just Mike. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But thank you guys for tuning in as always, and good luck. Make sure to check out the DFS delivery. Make sure to check out all the hoop ball stuff. I think Discord is in, in rock and roll now, and we will catch you again when we catch you. Take care. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.